the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. I'm your host, Jess Root, from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site covering the Arizona Cardinals. We are recording with Seth Cox from RevengeOfTheBirds.com, USA Today, uh, SB Nation, rather, Arizona Cardinals site, also one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast, Seth Cox, and I recording episode 464, which is our Cowboys Cardinals preview show we 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 looked back and broke down the the sad loss that the cardinals had to the to the giants and we've turned the page we're looking ahead to week three a home game against the dallas cowboys and ooh, that we we parked me marked this game as a no chance win a long time ago back when the release when the schedule was released we're like Week three, no Kyler Murray. Mm, yeah, definitely not. And guess what? Has anything changed? No, other than and you know we're we're programmed from the time of you know the Cardinals came here that they were in the NFC East still um, to hate the Cowboys and and prey on their misfortune. But you have to feel awful that Trayvon Diggs, the All Pro corner, went down non contact injury. Um, gonna probably miss the rest of the season with an ACL. Terrible, terrible news for a defense that's allowed ten points in two games. I mean, just, just that sucks. And that's the only thing. Like, I don't expect it to be anything. I don't think it's gonna matter. But you know, at the end of the day, that's one of their guys, right? And could they come in? hung over from because that's i mean that's a massive massive loss that's the only kind of hope i think that this team has is that they come over you know they come in a little hung over from the shock of of one of their main guys going down in practice and the Cardinals are able to cover the huge spread because outside of that, I just don't. Like, best I mean, case scenario, they cover the spread, right? Like a twenty, they end up they end up losing like twenty one to to thirteen, right? Like it just it just seems so far fetched that the Cardinals win this game, especially after how they fell apart in the second half against a New York Giants team that looked woeful once again against the San Francisco Forty ers tonight. Yeah. So yeah, we want to talk about in this first part of the show, kind of what what are the Cowboys? What what do they do? What do they offer? What are the challenges? We'll look ahead, kind of the the keys, like keys to victory or keys to not demolish, being demolished slash matchups to watch, and then we'll we'll wrap up the show with picks and predictions, and as well, we've got our favorite prop bets for for this game, which. You know, I think will be a this will be a standard thing moving forward. You know, bet, betting content is 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 king these days. I mean, we're I I do and and, and to be frank, we're really good at it. So I you mean, should just listen to us. I, I'm six and zero oh on my underdog picks so far for Sportsbook Wire. Um, we what I hit three out of four of the props last week. Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm four of six, but we're way plus money after last weekend oh. with uh, a massive massive day. Um, 
Thanks to Matt Prater and, uh, <laughs> you know, and Daniel Jones throwing interceptions. Yep. Yep. For sure. So let's, let's look at, let's look at the Dallas Cowboys to start out. Um, what, what we know about them is that in two games, they defeated their opponents 70 to 10, but we do need to take that, that plus 60 point differential with a grain of salt because of whom they were playing. They were playing a Giants team that out of, like, if, if you want to look like, if you want to look at through 12 quarters, have been bad for 10 of them. Then they had the Jets that were starting Zach Wilson instead of Aaron Rodgers. And so their defense has been dominant. But they technically haven't played anybody yet. They've got to win over the Giants. They've got to win over the Jets. And now they're playing the wo- the, the the woeful Cardinals that nobody believes in. The, and, well, and, and we believe, like, last week, first half, that's the ceiling of their – that was the absolute ceiling that they have, and that was against a bad team. Yeah, that's the ceiling without Kyler Murray. And, and I talked to Dave Halperin of, of SB Nation. I mean, Dave has been covering or working, blogging the boys since you were – so, running revenge of the birds yeah, since so this is dating back to like pre-2010 yeah so he's been there forever and it was an interesting conversation because that was kind of my question you know it's like you're 2-0 and neither game was really entertaining or close and obviously in the nfl you never take any win for granted but at what point do you as a fan go okay stacking up these wins against you know pretenders is nice or or not even pretenders just bad teams is nice but i will and and they they said you know as fans we have week five circle that's when they face the san francisco 49ers that's when it's actually going to matter right like that's when it'll become real like are they a legitimate contender or are they able to feast on you know the the also rands of the nfl a bad giants team a uh a downtrodden new york jets team post you know aaron Rodgers injury and and then obviously the arizona cardinals and i think the week after that they don't play anybody good either if i'm remembering correctly uh because you know and and that's not the you know we talked about it with the cardinals you know we we don't make the schedule. We have nothing to do with it. You can only play the teams that are in front of you, but yeah, they play the New England Patriots who more than likely are me game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, are going to be bad as well. And so they're looking forward to October 8th with the idea that like, Hey, they're taking care of business and, and it looks really good so far. I mean, you talked about it 40 to zero, 30 to 10, impressive impressive displays in both games where they just looked quite frankly head and shoulders above the giants and the jets and now they get a cardinals team that you know for all accounts and purposes is considered the worst team in the nfl you look at their they are number one in yards allowed 193 per game uh they are number one in pass defense let's pull that up averaging uh, allowing 107 a game they obviously are number one in points allowed, having allowed 10 in two games. So that is a whopping 5.0 points per game allowed. They are number one in sacks. We'll enter the week number one in sacks um, with 10. 
And then they continue, I think, what is it, seven takeaways? Seven takeaways through through two games, I think. How many did they have? They had they took the ball three times against. Let me see. Yeah, seven. So they have three against the Giants and four against. Now, let me ask you this. Does that three include the blocked field goal return for a touchdown? I don't think so. So, I mean, they also have that. In, in game yeah, they've got a defensive against... score, a special team score. They haven't had to do anything on offense, literally. No, no. <laughs> No, and, and, you know, their kicker's been great, who they brought in from the, you know, USFL via, you know, being a, a soccer player, I think is what he was. And, and, you know, they've just, and they've got just one of the three, I mean, is that overstepping three best defensive players in the NFL and Micah Parsons, yeah. the 24 year old freak of nature. Well, um, you look at, you look at the defensive unit as a whole and Dan Quinn has been, I, I believe the last two years they've led the league in takeaways and they continue to do and that. That's a, that's a hard statistic to replicate year to year because turnovers are, they're, they're fluky in, in many ways. And but they continue to take the ball away. This defense under Dan Quinn is is great. The and and it's been part because one, you've got an elite elite pass rusher in Micah Parsons. You've got great back end play by Trayvon Diggs, which takes a hit. And then you have you have you you you've got oh wait in Adigizu is not with. Cowboys yes, oh, Osa Digazua. Yeah, he's got three I sacks. Love. In I loved games. him coming out of UCLA. And yeah, and he's been fantastic, and he's really stepping up this year. He's becoming a menace. Um, you know, his his career high was four sacks. He's got three in two games. <laughs> I mean, and that's and that's you know, and that's not to take anything away from him, but that's the Micah Parsons effect, right? Like Micah Parsons requires so much attention that. It's hard to ignore. And then you look at it, you know, obviously they lost Trayvon Diggs. And that that loss cannot be overstated against a team like the 49ers. That's going to play a huge factor in things. But they have Stephon Gilmer, Malik Hooker, Jaron Curse, who are three fantastic defensive backs still who, you know, let's be honest, that's more than enough to deal with a team like the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. Um they added Dante Fowler as an extra pass rusher. He's been really good uh, through uh, his couple games here, uh, you know, in, in limited playing time. And and so that's just what they've been able to do this season. And then you just look at the fact that they've got, you know, a guy at, in Leighton Vander Esch who is a, uh, a Pro Bowl borderline all-pro linebacker went healthy, and that's always been been the caveat with him is it not like if he can stay on the field he is a true difference maker but it's that that if is is huge every single year and and you know this year again you never want to root for injuries so you just hope he can do it and and find a way to stay on the field and stay healthy because he makes that defense you know what it is Micah Parsons is 100% the best player on that defense but in the end you know Leighton Vander Esch is the leader of that defense. Yeah, this is and but and and talent in the skill positions is still there. Tony Pollard at running back, we, granted, as a number one, honestly unproven. They, so they are leaning on a guy that hasn't 
done it with a huge workload yet, but you've also got C.D. Lamb, fantastic. Brandon Cooks, who, watch out, like, in his first year with every team, really, really good. Michael Gallup, a a very good 2-3 player. And then that offensive line continues to be very talented. Now, granted, in this particular matchup, they do have some injury concerns. Zach Martin hasn't practiced this week. Um, the, the, their center, however you pronounce it, Biedas. Biedas, um, Biedas yeah. Biedas, he, he injured his hamstring on Thursday, and it could be in danger for the game this week. And so they could be down a couple of starters on the offensive line. Luckily for them, the Cardinals have lost their two most talented and, and their two most talented defensive linemen for the probably the season in Carlos Watkins yeah, and LJ Collier. So that it's interesting that we haven't heard anything on Collier, but we've heard that Watkins has already undergone surgery and is likely done for the season. Right? Like so are, are they just kind of treading water and hoping that Collier can come back. Like it's just an interesting aside, Um, you know, and you look at their offense and that's another thing that Dave brought up is that their offense isn't efficient right now. I mean, you, you mentioned it, Tony Pollard's averaging three points. I mean, James Connor's averaging a full yard per carry more than Tony Pollard right now. Uh, Rico doubt, doubt, uh, Dowdell has not been good as the backup. Deuce Vaughn in limited snaps is averaging less than three yards a carry. Dak doesn't present the uh, running prospect that he used to with the, you know, with the just awful leg injury that he suffered uh, a couple years ago, right? Or what was that, 2020? Yeah, that ankle. Uh, that was so Yeah, bad. one of the worst, most gruesome injuries you can remember. Um you know, so you just look at it and, and you, you see that this is a guy that, uh, you know, you, this is an offense with a lot of potential, but like you said, they haven't needed it. I mean, when you're, when you're running away with games like they have, it's just, and that's what Dave said, like it hasn't been necessary so at the they same time they haven't been tested at all they, they right they've they have been they have been the big bad bully cowboys they've been punching everybody in the mouth and haven't taken a hit yet um they're probably not going to take a hit this week with the cardinals um no and and he said you know that's one of the things dave said is like because I, I you know tongue-in-cheek sort of maybe but realistically i asked you know like this the over under on this game is 43 and a half that seems really like aren't the cowboys gonna put up 35 points and and he's like no because you know they're averaging 35 but like you said you gotta take that that jets game or the sorry the giants game with a grain of salt because most of that came outside of the offense (laughs) and so you know he's like he's like the reality is when they get up they don't put their foot on the gas they go hey defense go have fun and like we're we're just not going to screw it up like we're not going to create any negative plays so the way the cardinals played in the second half of last week is how the cowboys play the difference is the cardinals have or the cowboys have a defense to back that up where the cardinals do not right yeah they've <laughs> 
So yeah, this is this is a matchup that is this is very difficult. So coming up next on the Rise of C Red Podcast, Mr. Cardinals talking a little. Let's move in and talk about you know the matchups we're looking at as well as the keys to like normally we would say keys to victory, but this is keys to non embarrassment. I think that's coming up next on Rise of C Red. We're back on the Rise of Seared podcast, the of Cardinals talk on the web, talking about Cardinals, Cowboys, uh, Seth Cox with me as he is twice a week now during the regular season. Um, matchups and keys to the game. Um, I think we're going to have to do, like if, it, I, it's even it's even a stretch just to call them keys to victory. It's keys to non-embarrassment. And it comes down to, like, we're going to start with turnover. turnovers. One is, one, they can't turn the ball over, and two, they have to take the ball away from the Cowboys somehow. Yeah, they got to figure out a way to create uh, negative plays for the Cowboys and something that they haven't done this year. I mean, you look at it through two games, um, their offense has zero turnovers. Their defense has seven. They're plus seven in the turnover. Like, that's really hard to beat right so where the cowboys have struggled this year when you look at it um their red zone offense is not good they're they're 21st in red zone offense five of ten um you know so if the cardinals because they do move the ball so efficiently well i mean they're fourth and in, in third down conversion they do a good job you know in the, in that case so can the cardinals be a bend but don't break uh, defense they you know they were that uh against washington and then they were not that in the second half against new york right like so so can they do that this week and continue to that trend where they're a 50 percent red zone team which is you know again 21st in the nfl um not great so that that's a huge thing uh like you said can they create negative plays we talked a little bit about it you know they don't run the ball well but they'll just run the ball i mean they've they rushed for 122 yards in the first game on 134 yards in the second game those are big volume. numbers <laughs> those are volume carries but they're yeah you look at, i mean you look at it they're eighth in yards and 23rd in yards per attempt it's not good it's not pretty mike mccarthy mark mccarthy really likes this doesn't he yeah, I mean, he, Pete Carroll. He, Pete Carroll is dreaming of of an offense like this. I think with that defense, they really are. And and you look at it. The thing that they do is they they own the clock, man. They really do. And and a lot of that is the fact that they just, you know, they take up. They they don't care. They'll gain three yards a carry. They they don't care. And so you know they're and they're fantastic on third down. So they make plays when they need to. And and they don't turn the ball over. I mean, they're first, obviously, with no turnovers in the NFL, and they're first in creating turnovers. So when you have that massive, you know, juxtaposition, and you're you you don't turn the ball over, and then you force turnovers, yeah, you're a really tough team to beat. You know, they don't they haven't done anything particularly well offensively this year, except the fact that, like you said, they have weapons everywhere cd lamb is you know a top 10 receiver in the nfl maybe even a top five receiver in the nfl um he's you know putting up the yards 220 yards in two games he has zero touchdowns in fact they have two touchdowns passing they have one to luke schoonamaker and (laughs) one to jake ferguson so all those weapons we talked about tony pollard brandon cooks 
um, Cavante Turpin, like they're all those saving. guys. They're saving yeah, for the big game. They're just, they're just waiting for the Cardinals, right? <laughs> so, they can, <laughs> so they can just throw the ball all over. Um, you know, and and what they do is is they just do a really nice job of of just putting themselves in a position to be successful, and and that's hard to defend. I mean, you look at it. Dax completing seventy one percent of his passes for for just under four hundred yards. I mean, he's not even throwing for two hundred yards a game, and they're averaging seventy points a game or 35 35. points a game yeah 70 in two games like that's just absurd with what they're doing um you know and the other thing is they they don't like there's no negative plays you look at it one sack on the season one they've given up one sack like so not only do they not turn the ball over they don't allowed negative plays to happen so like the negative plays that happen are like two yard runs like those are the negative plays that's such a good running game right and so <laughs> it's not an exciting running game it's a it's a but it's a great running game and then and then like i said their kicker has been just completely lights out he's seven for seven on field goals um you know he's he's five of six on extra points he's he's doing a great job uh kicking the ball and and when you're not able to score touchdowns consistently you but you are able to score points that makes it really tough with that defense because that's the thing four turnovers last game um it you know that's a a insane stat like i don't think people realize how uncommon it is to have four turnovers in a game um or create four turnovers in a game they had um, three sacks. You know, Micah Parsons had two. Also, Adigazuu had one. Um, you know, they're they're just their defense is relentless, and it's just it's fast, it's physical, and it's it's nasty, and it's everything that we're hoping that Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rallis get to create. Without it being there yet you know it's what they want to do but can they do it and i look at offensively the key for me honestly isn't the run game they have to find explosive plays on the passing game they they will not be successful leaning on james connor this game it just will not happen they need effective running but they they need plays in the pass game they they need they need josh dobbs to be what he's never been no, and, and the biggest thing is that Dobbs has to be efficient and, and explosive. Like, they have to stay on the field. And so what he did in the first half is what he has to do for four quarters. They can't – he can't become Josh Dobbs three and out, right? It, no. it has to be – He can't be Josh Rosen, which is right. what – Josh Rosen is what he was for for six quarters. And, and so if that's not happening, it makes it really difficult. You know, I assume, and, and I haven't, you know, paid enough attention to the, how they do things because when you have two cornerback ones, I don't necessarily know if you follow or if you just leave a guy on one side. So, you know, I'll, I'll be interested to see if, if Stefan Gilmore shadows Marquise Brown um, around, or if they put him, you know, just on one side and let, let him dictate that one side of things obviously like i said that trevon Diggs thing is a huge deal it's just unfortunately i don't think the cardinals have enough talent to take advantage of it and and they have so much talent the the cowboys do on defense that 
against a team like they'll face in the first four weeks, it really doesn't matter. Matchups. I am. I think matchup number one for me is is Micah versus Paris Johnson. Even though we know very well that part of the reason why Mike is so good is because they put him literally everywhere. Uh, he his size, his positional flexibility. He can blitz from the stack. He can go off the ball. And he can win. He he can win one-on-one against good tackles. But I, I do want to see how Paris holds up on those one-on-ones against Micah. Yeah, and it's going to be exciting. And, you know, it's one of those things that you can, you can glean a lot from this game in a positive way. Uh, you just have to go in with the right mentality. And, and you know, you and I got a compliment uh, – on on the podcast earlier this week about that reality that we tried to uh to inject into this discussion and the situation and so you have you have to go in with this ideal like this is this is a game that they're not supposed to win they're just flat out not supposed to win and quite frankly they're not even really supposed to compete right like they're just they're just that much overmatched but there are individual things we can look at how how does paris johnson look right let's be honest dj humphreys hasn't been great since his return is he going to be able to be counted on over the next year or is this is this kind of the farewell tour of of dj um you know that's something to watch on the flip side how does zaven look against you know two of the better tackles in the nfl um, those will be things to watch. Uh, you know, he, he had his first sack as a true edge guy this, this year. Right. So half that's, sack. it was a half sack. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> everybody's favorite, but, um, you know, so you look at those things and, and how does he do, how does Kaiser white do continuing to kind of take over the role of leader on the defense, especially now with, um, with Buda Baker gone, you know, uh, so all of Marco that is CD. Marco's yeah. was bad last week and Marco I I went back and I watched and you know I I try never to make uh be hyperbolic in anything you know like I I want to really kind of look at things and, and see if I what I see that was probably Marco Wilson's worst game as a pro including his rookie year like he was the first half wasn't bad, but the, the second half, it was starting with that, that bomb to Jalen Hyatt. He just was, he just seemed like he was out of position on almost every, and you know, it's interesting because I'm learning a lot as the father of a kid who plays cornerback now. And so I go to all of his training and I, I, you know, talk to his defensive coordinators and I talk to people about what assignments should be. So now I'm, you know, and I still don't know nearly as much as anybody that plays the position or is, you know, a coach in that situation, but I'm learning more. And so when I'm seeing what Marco did, once the all 22 got released, I'm like, Holy cow, this guy was awful this week. And it just, it's, it's tough because in a situation where you have a, a fifth or sixth round rookie as the other starter, 
you have you're without your best defensive back without question in Buda Baker. So you're you know you're forced to play uh Kayvon Wallace and, and Andre Chaucer and and you're asking Jalen Thompson to kind of become that nickel back, right? All of a sudden your your guy that is your quote unquote corner one having that bad of a game, you know, becomes an issue because you just you don't have the the talent to make up for it and then like you said now you get a guy that just put up a massive game and a lot of people wanted to get frisky and and say that he did it against sauce gardner well he didn't but he had a great game still uh i think he ended up with what two or a hundred and some odd yards uh 143 yards in the game Again, it's crazy he doesn't have a touchdown. How do you have 143 yards on 11 catches and no touchdowns? That's just a <laughs> baffling. But like he is, he is putting on a show. Um, he's going to get, you know, give Marco Wilson fits, and and quite frankly, he's got to figure out if he can be a guy that can be a true corner one or if this is a guy that is going to be i don't want to say next on the uh, on the chopping block but a guy that they have to upgrade from over the next couple years for this defense to be where where gannon and rallis want it what other i i think i think kaiser uh is uh, Woods playing, or is it going to be Barnes again? I, it, it looks like Barnes because Woods missed the first missed Wednesday and Thursday practice, so I, I'm guessing yeah. it'll be Barnes. So I mean, Kaiser and Barnes and and Wallace and Chassier and whoever gets the time along the front three, can they continue to make this Dallas Cowboys rushing attack not efficient? Because that's the last thing that can happen in this game is that the Cowboys rushing attack gets going, right? Like if the Cowboys rushing attack, all of a sudden those those 140 yards a game they're averaging are not on 30 carries, but instead on 20 carries, it's going to be a long day for everybody. Like Jess is going to be beating his head on the desk up at, at State Farm <laughs> Stadium like – like, what are we doing, guys? Just, like, stick your arm out, please. Just try to make a tackle. No, you know, I, I don't know if they could try to stick their arms out. They'll tear up <laughs> I know, I don't, I know, I don't know if they should. I don't know if they should anymore, right? Like, what is going on? <laughs> how do you how do you lose two defensive linemen to bicep tears? Like, that's, uh, but yeah, like, I mean. You know, Cardinals had that. There was a one year, 2016, 2017, when they had, like, three broken wrists. And it was like, what? Why? I don't understand. Like, I wanted to ask you something because it it came out after we talked, and this is slightly off topic, but not. Um, what did you make of Buddha's Instagram post? To be honest, I haven't seen it. I've so seen it, it it basically said all or all things happen for a reason, and so people are like, is he? actually going to be done for the year like is the hamstring that bad like um, you know i don't know he's it's that's a tough one that's a tough one i it, i don't these think, 
I, I like, I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way, but man, these guys all put things out like high school girls a lot. Like it's <laughs> I mean, just that, so... that, that's just the reality of it. It's, it's not, we're just fuddy duddies now. We, we yeah. are. <laughs> we, we're, we're grumpy old men on our couch telling people to get off our lawns because we don't like cryptic messages on social media are just weird it's like why like if you want to say something say it right if if you don't want to say it then then don't well and i get and and i get it like if they're trying to save face for a couple of you know a couple of weeks before they announce that he's done for the year or something like that's one thing but yeah i mean i was just curious but yeah it's just interesting that you've got you know when we talked about it like the the depth was always a concern and we knew that even the starters weren't probably NFL caliber starters they were really really good NFL depth with questions if they were NFL caliber starters and then we saw that against you know at least Washington and New York that they're they're more than capable starters in the NFL but man the fall off was quick and i just don't know if they can they can continue to keep that that Cowboys uh, run game inefficient because I don't know. I think that I think that Rallis does a good enough job scheming up pressure packages to manufacture two or three sacks in a game. He's done it. He's done it both games. I mean, they had six the first game. What three last game? Um, he can do that. I just don't know if they can they can stay stout enough up front. And that's really, to me, where it's, I mean, it's so cliche, right? It's one in the trenches. Like, uh, but, I mean, when you're down to Jonathan Ledbetter and then guys that you either cut or just signed off the street, like, or Dante Stills, who you probably didn't want to play this year, or at least this early this year, like, it just makes it really difficult. Yeah, coming up next on the Rise of Zero podcast, Bizarre Cardinals talking about this. Move on, picks, predictions, and some some betting picks, some some props and stuff like that. That's coming up next on Rise of Zero. We're back on the Rise of Zero podcast, the best hour Cardinals talk on the web. Moving on, let's make our picks and predictions. Best case, uh, Seth, you already said it. Like the best case scenario is kind of like a a twenty eight or like a like a twenty eight twenty three win, and that's if. That's if they play out of their mind. Um, they don't have that. The Cowboys don't have two of their starting offensive linemen, and the Kyle and the Cardinals force a couple of turnovers. And even that, even that, uh, even picking that. But uh, twelve and a half points. They're the Cardinals are twelve and a half point underdogs. Do you think that there's even a chance that the cover? Because I, I look at, I look at what the Cowboys have done so far against competition similar to the Cardinals, and I say there's just no way, especially with the confidence that we had in the defense. I lost when they gave up 31 points in the second half last week. Well, like we said, like at the end of the day, the game is about the players. And, and, you know, the question about tanking came in, and and it's always like, are they tanking because they're playing really hard? And, well, you know, to be tanking, it's like – they were never tanking. Tanking. No, tanking only happens from the front office because 
a coach cannot actively try to lose games because they will, especially especially a coach like Gannon, a brand new. So you can do that with a lame duck head coach, right? You can't right. They would. You can't do it what? with a brand new head coach who's preaching competition, 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 competition. That he would lose that locker room immediately if there was any right. evidence that they're not trying actively to win games. Right. Why? Why even fire Cliff and <laughs> yeah, just, time if you're going to exactly. tank? Just keep them. <laughs> like just, just. But so you know. But the reality was that, and you, you know, you mentioned the front office. I don't think this was an active tank by Monty. It was just a situation where he had to fix the cap. He had to, which meant that they were going to have to go cheap this year when they needed a billion positions filled including the quarterback position. And so it was going to be difficult. And so now that starters are dropping like flies, all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know. And so you look at it, I just, you know, I don't see a scenario that they they are in this game where they, they cover the 12, 12 and a half, whatever line you're getting right now. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's back up to 12 and a half too. Yeah. So there's several games like this. There are some really, really lopsided matchups. The first one was the 49ers game against the giants. And, and I don't love, I was telling you, I don't love big spreads like that, but the, no, it's, but it's the particular matchups like 49ers giants, they're going to cover. You've got, right. You've got Jaguars, uh, Jaguars, Houston. Texans, they're gonna because Texans are bad. Seattle, Carolina, oh my god, Kansas City Bears. I'm like as as tough as it's been for the 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 Chiefs so far, they will find no resistance from the Bears at all. No, now they've got something going on in their you know in the house, and you know it's just weird situations. So yeah, I don't see it. So you know it, it becomes more about the props again for us right like it, it becomes more like all right we're gonna take the cowboys on the money line there's no juice on that you got a 650 dollars to win 100 it's never <laughs> worth it like as much as you think like hey i'll take out you know it only works 20... it only works right. if you put it in a parlay and, right. and it's... well and and even then it's like you know if you're like oh i'll take out 2600 and win 400 so i'll have $3000 it's like that's the time that dak you know steps wrong and refractures the ankle and then and then micah parsons gets kicked out for a late hit and then all of a sudden you know you're staring at oh my gosh i'm going to lose $2600 right um so you know you look at it you like you like the spread. You like the twelve and a half. You think they cover that? Let let me ask you this: the over forty three. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting one because from Halperin to us, like nobody's really confident in that number. Nobody's confident in getting over forty three because everybody feels like the Cowboys are going to do just enough to get ahead, and the question is how much will they push it and two how how much will the cardinals be able to do against that defense like if they're not able to get early success we've seen that success in the second half is nearly impossible so that becomes the question is like what are they able to do early um in order to keep this game close yeah, I just, 
I have the final score for this game pegged at 34 13. Um, so you're you're over forty three. Yeah, yes, but like, uh, but that's what I'm saying. Like, would that be one? Like, I wouldn't mess with that line. I I, I, I don't know because yeah yeah, because of the fact that they have completely shut down. So that banks on you can't bet on a forty point performance by a team. You can you can bet on in early thirties, right? You can like low thirties. You can say they're going to score that, but then you need the other team to hit double digits. And with how Dallas is playing and how the Cardinals' offense has looked for honestly six quarters of the eight, you're like I don't know. But I think I think they'll have the rubber. But I wouldn't. I would not personally bet it. Well, the interesting thing is it's moved because it was forty three and a half on tuesday and it's down to 43 on thursday so i know that's just a half point all that does is create a push scenario (laughs) it it does but that's but that that means the money was on the under to move that down um so one of the ones i really like you know i talked a little bit about it off the air uh that you know it seems risky but i like it and that's uh matt prater over four and a half points um that's two field goals. I don't know if the Cardinals are going to score a touchdown. In your scenario, thirteen. That's that's uh, seven points. So that's a that's an easy easy hit. Uh, the juice isn't great, meaning you have to you know in this scenario you would have to bet one hundred twenty five dollars to win one hundred dollars. So that may not be as juicy as last week where we had the same line and it was plus money for Prater. So um, you know if if you're wanting something as close to surefire that's close to to you know even money that's one that i like you know i like so here's here's my big money one and you can you can go and you can hedge on this because both are both are such high plus odds and that's if you look at the 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 total margin including overtime and two that I really like, like you could look at individually. One is, and, and I like this one the best, and it's Cowboys by 19 to 24. You know, I've got them winning by like 21. Um, that's plus 525. And that feels like a sweet spot. You could also take a look at Cowboys 13 to 18, and that is plus 340. Now, if you are not, if you're a little risk averse, because they're both such like if you were to do bets on each you still end up with plus odds on like if you if you go decide to place bets on both so on both. what so so i do things like this all the time so what was the what were the numbers again plus 340 and plus 525 all right so the way you do this and you know for so it could those... be plus 170 if you win yeah. the one or plus or plus two sixty two, something like that. Yeah. Th- so the way I typically do it is like if you want to, and you know, you're doing lower denominations. But in this situation, I would put ten dollars on the on the plus three, whatever the number was, and then five dollars on the plus five. So you're you're you know close to a, about the same amount, or seven fifty on the plus five. So you're basically you're you're guaranteed to make money no matter what and and you're well, hedging. assuming assuming they win by at least 13 right right i mean yes uh, as but long that would as be they covering win. this but that would be covering the spread to begin with which we which we say they're going to do right right and and we were talking about it 
one of the ones I really like, and so Jess Jess represents BetMGM. I'm representing DraftKings. Uh, go to either one; doesn't matter to us. If Jess has a code on his site, go to Jess's. If <laughs> if he doesn't use DraftKings, so basically, if you are on Revenge of the Birds, hit those links for DraftKings. If you're come to Cardswire and you see the the, the links for the BetMGM, go that way. Just yeah, it just makes but, sense. But on DraftKings, they have the the total point bans, and I really like that this week for the Cowboys because I think that thirty one to forty band at plus two thirty five is the sweet spot. I I have a really hard time even seeing them scoring only thirty points because as as Jess has pointed out multiple times on this podcast in the last two episodes, the the New York Giants scored thirty one points in the second half, like. <laughs> You could yeah. even throw a little because so that's plus two thirty five. So you could even my buddy calls it small fries. You can even go a little small fries on forty one to fifty. That that means the amount of points they score in the game, and that's plus eight hundred. So that's a massive, massive like number. Um, you know, but I I really like that thirty one to forty at plus two thirty five. It's a it's a juicy line um, there because twenty one to th- like I just. Like I could see them settling on thirty, but I just feel like there's no way that they only score thirty. And so then the other bet I would make on that, and Jess said, you know, he's got it thirty-four thirteen. The other bet I would make is the Cowboys team touchdown total is three and a half. Team touchdown total means touchdowns scored on offense, defense, or special teams. That's four touchdowns. Jess has them scoring four and two field goals. Like, I that's plus one thirty five. Mm-hmm. That just seems that well. well the, the 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 Giants did it in the second half, right? It just seems <laughs> like it just seems like they're begging to lose money this week on underestimating the Cowboys' offense because it has been so laissez faire through the first two games. They're like, oh, we're. We're scoring this much. Oh, okay. We we can pull back. So it's like, <laughs> like I just don't know what resistance the Cardinals' defense can give. So we've given a lot of uh, potentially negative Cardinal stuff. So there, I, there I are have a one more. I have one more. Okay, go ahead. And it's not a great, uh, honestly, it's not. A, they're not great line, but I think it's an. I think it's an easy win. It's Joshua Dobbs over half an interception at minus one fifty. Yeah, I like that one too. I was gonna. I, go, I think it's just easy money. It's just not. It's not. It's not profitable, but it's right. easy money because he hasn't turned the ball over. Like he hasn't thrown an interception, but mm, they have five interceptions in two games. The Cowboys, right? Do. And and the one I like with Dobbs is I like his over thirteen and a half rushing yards. It's the, their pass rush. It feels like he's gonna have to run a couple times. Um, I think he he gets there probably in the first half uh, to be quite honest with you. Cause I think he's going to be running for his poor life. So the other one I was interested and in, I wanted to get your opinion in Tony Pollard over 69 and a half. We talked about how unpotent the running game has been for the Cowboys, but they have not faced the front like the Cardinals. And I don't mean that in a positive way. Um, Call your walk-ins are healthy. They're coming off that game. I'm probably okay with that. 
he's ran for 142 yards on the season. Um, you know, like I said, he's averaging 3.6 yards per carry. It's not been good. Uh, but 70 and 72 yards, a lot of grinded out stuff. I feel like 69 and a half is really low, man. Like, unless they just don't play him that much, I just don't see how he doesn't get that. I mean, he ran the ball 25 times last week in that win over the Jets. Yeah. Like, it it just seems really low. And, and for me... The the one that that seems like really low that I think is going to be an easy one to get is especially with the, since the way the Cardinals rely on the passing game on the tight ends and the fact that you know Dobbs has had Ertz twice the over under for for Ertz is only thirty one and a half yards I'm taking yeah, I'm love, taking I, that over it and it, it's it's a minus one ten so it's it's basically right there so but minus yeah, 110 for over that, i think it's easy that, that's just easy because you know and, and if you want a little more juice on that um parlay it with his over three and a half receptions jess and i joked about it but i mean he's <laughs> on the he's on the uh larry fitzgerald plan so he'll he'll have five catches for 35 yards like that's gonna be what he does um jokingly but it'll probably be closer to like five for 45 in this game like that just seems i'm with you that just seems like easy money the the over three and a half is not good though it's it's minus 166 so like that that's you you need to parlay that one to so so yeah if you can parlay those two together if that's an option on your on your book that's a good one to do because i feel like it is it you know it'll give you some positive money um and and you know no bet is safe but like it it feels safe-ish yeah um let me see if we want to look at a, a fun one let's go CD Lamb longest reception over twenty four and a half at minus one ten. They've got one big play, right? They've got at least one big pass play in in, in there. Yeah, you really think so, wouldn't you? Um, it's well, just and, and you know they the we've the seen car- that we saw it both both weeks. They they had they gave up some explosive passing plays. Yeah, and and so you look at it from that perspective. Um, I'm looking at other ones see if there's anything else you know 24 and a half i like that um Ertz is 14 and a half i don't know if i'd take that man that, <laughs> well, that might be he, too long he would have had it both weeks he would have had it both yeah. weeks no he, and he does he catches w- usually one for about 17 to 18 and then most of the other stuff's like six right like that's what he's been doing for the most part um you know and i'm looking at these the other one that's interesting, but you brought up a great point off the show. Connor's uh, rushing attempts is 14 and a half. I think they'd like to get him more than that. And it's it's close to even money. It's minus 105. Um, I just don't know if they're going to have the opportunity. Right. They, they, they 14 and a half carries. <laughs> <laughs> right. So if you look at passing attempts, um, well, that's. Oh, they don't even that for BetMGM doesn't even have one for Josh Dobbs. So <laughs> let me see if uh, mine does. I think it does. Yeah, no, it doesn't for Dobbs either. It has completions at nineteen and a half. And Jess informed me before the show he's at twenty one in both games. So and and the way he because he's a uh, he's a checkdown king. <laughs> so 
The, think, I think it's. I think honestly, over nineteen and a half. I, I think that's easy, especially if they're going to be. They're going. They're going to have to pass the ball. Yeah. And, the only thing we worried about, and it's in. If you can find a book that has it, will Clayton Toon throw a pass? Yes. Like yes. Uh, that's a legitimate, legitimate. If you can find a book that has a prop like that, um, I would. Because I mean, there's crazy stuff. Like there's. They have one um, on DraftKings that's either team to score three unanswered times, and that's minus 265, yes. <laughs> and let's just be honest. They're not thinking the Cal- or the but Cardinals they don't think doing it's the that. Cardinals. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> you know, another interesting one on DraftKings, special or defensive team touchdown scored, plus 215 for yes. That's not a bad one, man. That's really not a bad one. Um, to, you know, so you just look at those ones. There's some really interesting ones, but yeah, it's it's um, it it is heavily heavily. I mean, when you can't even get passing attempts on a quarterback because they're like, I don't know, they'll probably have to throw the ball 45 <laughs> times. Like you know, it's 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 bad when when 14 and a half is almost even money on rushing attempts for their lead back <laughs> or, or for the Cardinals lead back. Like the books are like, they're going to be throwing the ball. I'm not setting anything like they, there's no way I'm giving these guys this chance. So, you know, it's a, it's a difficult season. It's a difficult situation. Jess and I joke a lot about it. That's how we get through it. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, it's one of the easier ways to do it. Laugh. So you don't cry, man. Laugh. Cause right. So you don't cry. <laughs> but you know, like I said, Seeing Paris Johnson, seeing if the if the defense can can hold up against the run, um, and winning a little bit of money, you know that that can make this game interesting and worth watching for for everybody. And with that, we'll wrap up this edition of the Rise Up Seared Podcast, best of Cardinals talk on the web. I'm a tried to have a a Cowboys preview with the Cowboys guy. My man, Katie Drummond, um, is on vacation. I haven't heard about his contributor. Uh, there was another podcast possibility from one of the other networks that fell through. So we might, this might be it. So hopefully we'll, hopefully it will be, I uh, hopefully I'll have a show for you on, on Saturday. If not, Seth and I will be recording again Tuesday night to talk about the, the debacle that it likely will be. That's Seth Cox. I'm Jess Root. This is the Rise Up Sea Red Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red Podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red. Red.